0: Ah
1: That's Canadian singer-songwriter David Graff with the song, the only one I got from his wonderful new album, Supposed to Fly, his first album since the 1990s. Now, David has just returned to writing and recording music after developing a very successful career as a visual artist. And Supposed to Fly is a fantastic album with a voice that feels like a blend of Tom Petty, Don Henley and Joe Walsh and some fine musical support on some really great songs. This is a release that really deserves loads of airplay. And with that in mind, it's my great pleasure to welcome David Graff to Folk Roots Radio. How are you doing today, David?
2: I'm just fine, thanks, Jan.
1: We had a little bit of a preamble before we started this interview. I was telling David how much I love the album, but I truly do. From the first track I ever heard from this album, it just sounded wonderful. When I picked up the information... I was then intrigued to find out that you actually hadn't been making music for about 20 years or not music in a recorded form because you'd been focusing on being a visual artist. I think what we should do is let's start off by talking about your music and your art and how it all weaves together. So in the 90s, you'd worked with Grammy-winning producer Greg Ladani and then kind of let it all go, didn't you?
2: Yes. That uh, that album project never got released. Uh, I spent... uh a good part of of the winter that year in L. A. was a great experience in, in a lot of ways, but a very it was a difficult uh, situation to be in. He was he was not uh, very sympathetic or or uh, empathetic to what my style of music was, and and it, it being the 80s, he was insisting on there being huge drum machine sounds and tons of synthesizers and and it just was not working. And so that uh that as i said that project didn't get released. And i came back to Vancouver, continued to write and play around town, but apart from a, an EP i put in, out in about 97 things kind of were kind of stagnant for me in those days.
1: Did you find it was just a, it just didn't feel a good fit then at that time? I mean that that, that this wasn't the right way to to use your autistic gift?
2: Yeah, I think I was I was frustrated at at having a hard time getting heard. Uh, in those days, virtually no one put out a record without being signed to a major label. That was, this was pre uh, you know pre digital age. So, um, as much as I was courting the record labels in Canada and the U.S things just didn't come together and I eventually just kind of got burnt out on the whole effort and uh, and that's when I kind of slid sideways into, into making art.
1: And I think you've been living on Bowen Island in BC for a lot of years, haven't you?
2: Yeah, I've been here for most of the last 25 years.
1: Yeah. And you have a, a wonderful studio there? I was checking that on a, out online when I was preparing for the interview
2: yes yeah I have a an a art studio that's about a five minute walk from my home and uh so I certainly spend a lot of time there. That's making art as my main source of income,
1: so I get the impression that music never went away. it just went away in a recorded form i you I presume that you you were still making some music locally, perhaps playing with you know friends that sort of thing playing a few uh, a few shows but not really writing to record is that the way things went
2: yeah more or less uh there was a period of time where i played very little music for about five years um then my wife kind of encouraged me to uh to get back into it and i sort of gradually did so and i went i did go through a period of a few years where i wasn't writing at all but writing has always been uh something that i do Not because I have a specific purpose in mind, but because I just am compelled to write.
1: I'm really glad you do, because as I mentioned earlier, from the first track I heard that was going to be on this project, I I was just floored and absolutely loved it. Uh, I'm so pleased that you have actually decided to share your musical gift with the world in, in this way. What I'd like to do is to start by talking about that first track, because this album, as I, I'm sure anyone listening to this interview will realize that I definitely love, has got some fabulous tracks on it. This, I think, is my absolute favorite. And I think this is a song that you wrote for your daughter, uh, who is Julia yeah. Graff, um, right. you know, is is well-known as a musician and uh, in production in her own right. So tell us a little bit about this song.
2: Well, um, Julia's mom and I split up in about 1993, so that was the period of time when I wasn't living full time on Bowen, and so the song, the only one I've got, I wrote. It's one of the most kind of directly personal, autobiographical songs. That if you listen to the lyrics, it's. I guess maybe I was feeling sorry for myself when I wrote it, but it's basically saying, "You are the you know the only the person that I really." Have and love in this world, and sometimes I'm I'm sorry that that you're in that position that you know you have you, you are the the receptacle for all all my love. This is one of the older songs on the record, obviously since it was written in in the in the late '90s. But yeah, it's pretty much a a, 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 a verbatim. Uh, expression of of how i felt at the time i uh i've stopped introducing the song on cuz she plays with me in, in my band so i i don't embarrass her by uh introducing the song in that way anymore but uh but it, that's basically what it's about
1: yeah we should mention to for our listeners that uh, Julia's mother is Shari Elrich, who is That's a right. wonderful performer in her in her own right. Uh, I've also had the privilege of seeing Julia play as well, which is, is absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful. And yeah, I mean, this song is fabulous. I have to ask, um, has it ever been in, put into competition? Because it is just such a strong song. I mean, it's absolutely top draw.
2: Oh, thank you. No, uh, I have entered... A few of the, you know, the John Lennon songwriting contest and those kinds of things. Over the years, I'm not sure exactly why I haven't entered it. Maybe because it because it is so personal. And a, compared to some of the other songs on the album, I, I feel felt like it's less commercial. But it is one of my favorite tracks on the album, along with uh, a couple other so- songs that are not sort of being. Uh, put forward as singles.
1: Well, you know, one of the things I love about the album is there is such a variety on it. Uh, when you mentioned that this is one of the older songs, what is the period of time that, it, you know, that you actually took to bring all these songs together? Uh, there's 13 songs on the album that made the final album supposed to fly. So what what period of time would it cover?
2: As far as the writing of the songs goes, there's even a song from probably the early 90s but the majority of the songs i'd say 80% of the songs are were written in the last 3 years so i kind of got i kind of got back on the in the writing groove 3 years ago and really was writing a lot of songs and most of them the songs on this album are more recent
1: does that mean that there is a bank of songs that you have written over the years that that could have come onto a, another album a little later?
2: Yes, I've got I have a lot of songs that are that are uh sort of uh, sitting on the sidelines. Plus I I have been writing since we started recording this album which we started recording in February of 2017. And so since that, then I've continued to write and I have probably six or seven songs now that I've kind of decided will be on the next record.
1: So bearing in mind, I think when you decided to leave the music business in the 90s, you were feeling a little disenchanted with it. How do you feel about things now? I mean, do you feel like, is this just enough a fun sideline for you to do now? Or is it something you think, you know, it's kind of nice to... You know, obviously, you've achieved a lot within your, the artistic realm, and I just wonder, is it nice to be able to come back and, and playing your own songs now compared to, you know, when you were much younger and trying to, to break in?
2: Yeah, it, it it is, definitely. Part of it is because of the, the technological breakthroughs that, that have happened in, in the last, you know, say, 20 years, that it feels like there's... A, better chance of being heard and a, and a better chance of, now that I have, I'm out there and people can hear that my songwriting is, is of a pretty decent quality, I have a better chance of being heard, even though, as everyone says, the digital revolution has also made it possible for anyone to make a record, and there's way more product out there than there used to be, but I'm still kind of hopeful that the quality will... will uh, will rise to the surface.
1: Well, the quality is certainly there. You know, one of the things I love about the album, it's got fabulous production, but it also has some great players on it. And I wanted to give you a chance to talk about the people that came together to make this album.
2: Yes, there were there's some great players. I played drums and played drums professionally for, for a long time. So I started, when I started sort of gathering personnel for the record, I... Uh, First people I thought about were drummers, and so I, I just thought I'll just see who's available, and three of my favorite local drummers were available at various times to come in the studio. So th- that includes Jack Guppy, who's one of my best friends, who has played with Barney Bentall for for years and years and years, and uh, then uh, Jeff Hicks plays on on several songs, and he plays with Colin James and Jim Burns and does a lot of sessions in Vancouver. And and then uh also Pat Stewart who uh I didn't know that well. So I knew him back in the in the in the in the eighties and nineties, uh, but he played with Brian Adams for many years and he's played with uh, tourist Jan Arden and he's in the odds. So they're all great drummers. So that's where it started. I only had two bass players in mind, one of them being Rob Becker, but he was not available. He was on tour and he Came back to Vancouver the day after we finished our bed tracks. Julia recommended Kirby Barber, who is a young woman whose husband Dave uh, is also on the record. And she's a great bass player and a great singer. Very nice feel and a great person. So she plays all the bass tracks. And she's uh, she's been gigging with me at times. She and Dave do a lot of touring with uh, people like Aaron Pritchett, and Chad Brownlee, people that are big in the Canadian country scene. So Kirby plays bass, and Dave played a lot of stringed instruments—dobro and and uh, banjo and guitar. Uh, as I said, he he plays with and and record, records a lot uh, with with uh, sort of people in the in the upper levels of the Canadian country scene. Um, I had um, Mike. Kenny playing keyboards. He's actually his main gig is the keyboard player for the Vancouver Canucks at their home games. There's a woman who lives on Bowen Island who's actually the music teacher at our uh school, named Cindy Fairbank, who uh also did a lot of keyboards on the album. So that was kind of the core for for the for the band. There's Julia plays a whole bunch of stuff on the album, everything from Violin and mandolin to vibraphone and, and piano. And uh, she and Kirby did all of the background vocals. But, oh, I did go down, that's true. I did go to uh, Nashville a year ago, September, and uh, got Steve Dawson to play pedal steel on three songs. That was a good experience. I hadn't really known him very well until then. And pedal steel is one of my very favorite instruments. So I also had John Ellis. Is well-known around here, the multi-instrumentalist, and he played pedal steel on one track.
1: Well, certainly you've got some great musicians on there. To be honest, there's, there's almost too many people to mention, and I want to encourage people to check out the album. It is one of those albums you really just want to sit there and enjoy. Whether you're in the car or, you know, when I started listening to it, I was, actually, I was baking in the kitchen, and it was good music to bake to. Uh, right, how oh, good. Yeah, it was just great. So, it's a fabulous album. I can't talk highly enough about it. I want to play another track and I thought we should play the title track, which is mm-hmm. supposed to fly. So tell us about that song.
2: Well, that's one of those songs that really kind of you might you've probably heard other songwriters talk about in about this, but it's one of those songs that kind of just emerged fully formed in in many ways. Uh, I got the first verse and the chorus in the span of about ten minutes one day, and I, and and as often happens when you when you're writing, you there's when those ideas come, you just kind of go, yes, I know that's a song, I know that's a great song, that's a great idea. That song is uh, when people listen to the lyrics, it's it's somewhat autobiographical. In that it does talk about going to l a and uh thinking that feeling like you'd I had come to musical mecca, the first line of the song uh talks about the fact that I grew up partly in southern Alberta, and then I started to embellish and I didn't want it to be strictly autobiographical, so I turned it into a story about someone who uh has a hard a pretty hard life, certainly much harder than I've had. This is him, sort of near the end of his life, thinking about his dreams and and expectations for his life, and that's where the title "I I was supposed to fly" comes from, as in, you know, that he was he expected to do great things in his life, and his and he's reflecting on the way his life is unfolded and not necessarily the way that he hoped or expected.
1: Right, certainly a great song. Let's listen to that now. This is David Graff with the title track from his wonderful new album, Supposed to Fly.
0: name and I made across the line into Montana I had big plans and man, I thought I had game. It wasn't long before I met this girl named Marsha and that same night I brought her to my bed When I that it was all over And I was beat Till I heard angels. Add up year on year. If anybody cared to ask me, I'd say I don't understand why in hell it is God even put me here. I was.
1: David Graff with the title track from his new album, Supposed to Fly. Fabulous album. I can't speak highly enough about this record. And, you know, one of the things about doing this radio show week after week is every now and again, somebody pops up on your radar who you're not aware of. In this case, I suddenly realized I should know a bit more about this person, but it's just such a pleasure uh, to get music like this come through. And I can't uh, thank David highly enough for spending some time to chat with us on Folk Roots Radio today. So what happens now, David? Uh, the album is out there. I'm hopefully not the only DJ, not the only music lover who's going to enjoy this. What are your plans with uh, the record from here on out?
2: Well, I'm I'm kind of taking a little bit of a wait-and-see attitude, although not passively. We're doing quite a bit of promotion and the album has been distributed to uh, around 150 different uh, radio stations, and then we're also pushing it digitally. I was uh, for the month of September, I made it to number two on the Americana chart on Airplay Direct. So I'm hoping that 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 the once the reviews and the, and the, the the buzz about the record reaches a point where I can sort of become. That are known to people that I can go out and do some touring, either with my band, which is a six-piece band, or or with uh, a smaller group of people. So I'm I'm uh, pursuing that and planning that for for uh, for uh, the coming months. And of course, summer is the festival season in North America. So I'm hoping I can uh, be uh, doing some of those kind of gigs.
1: I know in the early days you had some success with you know, getting music into to film and uh, TV. Is that something that you'll be able to look at again? Because I think listening to all of the tracks on this album, it is, you know, the, the neat thing about this album is it really does cross over. I mean, there are songs that you could classify more as Americana folk, songs that, that would be strict Americana. You've got country songs in here. Uh, and a lot of them have that poppy feel. I mentioned at the beginning that, you know when i was first listening to your voice i think oh my god it sounds like a i can hear a bit of tom petty in there i can hear don Henley and joe walsh in there to me the, this is an album that really does deserve to be listened to i can't really say that enough times
2: oh thanks yeah well I've, uh, as a songwriter i've always been drawn to strong melody and hooks you know that's that's kind of what the whole music industry is built on and so i, I always feel like all my songs need to have hooks, and I think they all—they all do. Uh, as to your your first part of your question, um, yeah, I'd love to see them uh, getting uh, placed in movies or or television. There's a song uh, on the album called "I Love My Truck," which is kind of a, a, a tongue-in-cheek comment on the, the bro country. Some people take the song at face value, and some people get the fact that it is kind of a a, uh, a satirical uh, look at, at that style of music. But it's got a strong hook. I'd love to see that song be, a, you know a a truck commercial.
1: I I was going to say yeah they yeah. Li- they still like to put those out on TV. So it would be a great yeah. if that if that got taken up that way. You know it's yeah. been really uh, fun to to talk to you today. If people want to learn more about your music. Uh, how can they do that?
2: Well, the album is uh, available on, uh, for, to stream on Spotify and iTunes Music, and it's also uh, on Amazon and it can also be listened to or purchased from CD Baby. I have several videos on YouTube and individual album tracks. My website is davidgrafmusic.com.
1: Well, it's been great to talk to you today. I certainly will keep my fingers crossed that this oh, album you. does uh, as well as I believe it should. Oh, and then we get you. the chance to catch the David Graff band playing some of these songs live. That would be absolutely wonderful. We have mm-hmm. one thing left to do, and that's pick the final track to play. I thought we should play Tough City because it's a really great, uh, it's got a really rocking, driving song, this one. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about this song.
2: Uh, well, uh, that, the lyrics for this song came about from being in Tofina, which is on the west coast of Vancouver Island. It's a big, uh, surfing and, uh, whale watching and tourist destination. And I was there driving along the road and picked up a guy who was hitchhiking and he certainly appeared and then he confirmed that he was homeless. And, uh, we had a bit of a drive ahead of us, so I, Asked him about his life, and he was telling me that he had been in Toronto and decided that he didn't want to live on the streets of Toronto any longer. And so he uh, saved up some of his money and got a bus ticket to uh, to Vancouver, but then ended up going in Tofino. And so he was kind of living there. And so the song is about that experience and and kind of a kind of imagined. His, how he might articulate it if it was in a song, his
1: story. So, It's a great song. David Graff, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. This is David Graff with Tough City from his fabulous new album, Supposed to Fly. And check out the banjo playing by Dave Barber on this track. And you're listening to Folk Roots Radio, and I'm Jan Hall.
0: But that ain't I That ain't man Who might not answer If you ask him why he came With a bottle of gin and fit right in And a town that earns its name It's a tough city My own world, so I set myself to killing every memory I knew. Till the nights and days became my haze. I'm just trying to make it through in a tough. All night, and I haven't slept for days. So I'm headed to the West towards where the mountains touch the sea, and we